Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Um, I want to chime in on what Looking Glass said. I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing because that's a cancel button for sure. Um, right. <laughs> um, but man, what you were saying about, about, every, you know, short-term memory, which you guys both said is spot on. And, um, you know, the, the two cases, terrorism, oh, terrorism vanished. It's not a thing anymore. Oh, and the migrant invasion. Oh, it's not a thing anymore. But we never look at the historical cause. We never look at the context, right? So, Terrorism. Well, that was our our policies that blew what the CIA calls blowback, right? For the the unintended policy of foreign policy is called blowback. They even have a term for it. So that's what gave you know rise to terrorism. Us fucking around in the Middle East, quite frankly. Um, and then oddly enough, what you know when that was fizzling out, we, you know we created ISIS. And how did we do that? We left all of our military equipment and vehicles in Iraq with the keys in them. And the, the official explanation on why we did that is that it would cost too much to bring them home. Well, then you move them all in one pile and drop a bomb on them. You don't leave them there in perfectly good functioning order. That's crazy. So then you, then you saw all these, you know, all this footage of ISIS in a big caravan in brand new Toyota trucks and military, U.S. military vehicles. It was insane. And then as far as the the migrant caravan goes, they never looked at the historical cause, which was the CIA being involved in all of Central and South America, like Honduras. We destroyed Honduras and El Salvador. Um, And that is the blowback from that. Right now they've got, you know, hideous warlords in power and people are fleeing for their lives and stuff and coming here through legal channels, I might add. Right. It, we were brainwashed to think that they were just jumping fences all willy nilly. No, they were going to the predetermined ports of entry and following the protocol to legally become a U.S. citizen. And then we put them in cages and separated them, separated families. Um, and it's just it's 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 amazing because, you know, and then just kind of following up on what the looking glass said. The religious aspect has so been diluted, right? Like the counterculture, it used to be the counterculture versus the squares, the squares in the status quo. It was squares in the status quo, religious squares in the status quo, and then the whole counterculture. All of the fringe groups united against that because we wanted change and we wanted progress. Um, and but then it's it's become so diluted. I was on a talk on stereo the other day. And I was blown away. These two people were claiming to be born again Christians and they were talking about how they were anti-abortion and they were all polite and everything until the host, Flo, asked him. And he was he was being a brilliant host in the way he posed questions. And he set him up with this one. He's like, so, okay, so what about gay rights? Both of these born again Christians said that gay people should be locked up in jail. Like, wow, how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile the word of Jesus? Gay person should go to jail. Well, do you think wow. that? Do you? I mean, and that's part of, part of the problem is that most. And I, and I watched this. I used to live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I I used to. Everybody just invites you to their church all the time, and you know, it's the Bible Belt, I guess. 
um, and I guess that's why they do it. But I remember being amongst fellow black people who were Christian, and w- there was this debate that happened where this uh, bishop, um, uh, I think his name was Eddie Long, he had gotten in trouble for having sexual relationships with underage boys and one of my co-workers we were all in our in our job we talk about everything i don't know if everybody, everybody does this but black people in our if it's all black <laughs> it's all black business everybody talks about politics religion say everything this is on the table we get into it and so we were talking about this particular um bishop and you know for me it was no question because this is not it's nothing new that there are, are people who are supposed to be righteous doing wrong things um and preaching yeah. people about what, what what people should be doing to be righteous that's that's so this is the oldest oldest day i mean as old as the, the the you know the sun i guess you can say and so right as, as we're talking about this you know i basically was saying like this man is out here abusing boys and this one of my coworkers, she was like that is my bishop don't you ever disrespect him and all this other stuff. And so you're not concerned with the fact that he's disrespected these parents or that he's disrespected these children that, that trusted him or when they were old enough, they, they knew what was going on. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> we are okay. And so my outlook on people saying that they are believe in Jesus and all this other stuff, not for everybody, because there are people who truly do think of, you know, they really do read the Bible. They really do talk about um being you know good people um and they you know other people kind of soil the that perception of of people who are like that but there are a lot of people who say that they're religious i mean the republican party have been saying this for years and they don't really mean that because they don't really read it they don't really uh, uh, prescribe to any of it it is really sort of just a cloak um yeah they sure don't walk the walk Right. Because all religions preach loving kindness and acceptance. Right. The golden rule is universal in all religions. Don't be a dick. Right. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Right. Be cool. Just be cool. It's really simple. But it's interesting that there's no culture within the religion, within the church now. Like those voices. Yeah. The voices that are the, are problematic are the loudest. And that's just across any group. Right. The, the loudest people are always the ones that are extreme and all this stuff. But, but one thing that I do find, well, let me, I digress to say this, that there, there is, uh, I give credit to the uh, evangelical church because there are white evangelicals that are out here telling the truth. They are out here exposing, they're out here calling attention to, they're out here holding accountable to all of the people that have been lying and, and using uh, this religion to uh, exacerbate the you know white supremacist ideology and use it and, and 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 let it bleed into policy and law and all this stuff or continue the bleeding of policy into policy and law i don't want to go too far i'm sorry well, i just want to mention that there are comments i don't want to jump into the comments and then come back around and you know go where we go uh yeah, yeah let's do that. do that yeah all right then be trans i kind of consider the culture war a distraction war it feels like I'm watching a news cycle when I pay attention to the culture war of, um, to go down the list, um, beginning with 2008, um, housing market crash, then, uh, oil problems, then Bitcoin, 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 and now it's, um, 
then COVID happened, then it was mass, and then it was transgender and gay rights got in there somewhere. And now it's um, Russia, before that it was Afghanistan, before that it was Biden being old, then it was Trump being a misogynist, and Hillary being a woman who is flawed. And I just want to interject there yeah. real quick. Those are all distractions to distract us from the culture war, to take us out of the culture war. Though everything he named is a distraction. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's a dangerous uh it's a dangerous place to be where like you you dismiss, you know, uh, the quote-unquote culture war because I'll tell you right now uh, before Europe went fascist um uh you know before be, before World War 2 started uh it was all culture war. It was all rhetoric until it was real. Okay? So I I I I want people to remember this. I I hate to be that guy who equates things to fascism and, and Nazism and, and Hitler and this and that. But, like, this is the formula. This is this is what's happening right now. This is what we call fascist creep. I mean, it, it, it happens rhetorically. Uh, you know, like like uh, Richard Spencer, a uh, well-known fascist, apparently a reformed liberal. I, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, Richard Spencer would, would say openly, like, I mean, uh, Steve Bannon as well. They say these things openly. Where they and Steve Bannon, by the way, is back in Europe, uh, supporting fascist parties like Vox Party in, in Spain. But like these people openly say that they'll use, they'll hide behind free speech all day until they're in a position to take it away from you. So be, just be conscious of that. I'm not even asking you to be scared. I'm just, I, I want you to keep that in the back of your head. When they tell you what they're going to do to you, take them at their word. Believe them, right? George Bush told you, when we're yeah. successful, and we will be, there will be a new world order. It's the slow game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, um, I think that's, I think when people, um, when I talk about, white supremacy for me my goal is for us to get that shit behind us <laughs> so we can deal with this other stuff that's really really swirling around I mean I'm not saying that that's not there because obviously it's been there for a long time but if we can get those that behind us then we can deal with classism we can deal with which is which is which has always been a problem which I, I always think that classism and white supremacy or you want to call it racism that they're sort of hand in hand one feeds the other you know it's like, right and so if we were to really truly try to get together and understand this we wouldn't necessarily still be here dealing with some of these things that you all are talking about like these shadowy figures in the cia manipulating people and and honestly i think it's even deeper than that i think people each of us need to be able to know what our weaknesses are Right. Because if you know what your weaknesses are, then you can overcome that. And somebody can't use those weaknesses against us. Right. If somebody is always afraid, always nervous, always anxious, then, you know, maybe we contribute to that. I'm just saying that from experience. I had a lot of paranoid nights, paranoid days. Um, not to say I have a lot of chill days, chill nights and chill days, too. But, you know, if, if you don't know, if people don't know 
what their triggers are or where their weaknesses are, then it's easy for people to buy into some of these these ideas that make people believe that somebody's always after them or attacking them. I'm going to be completely honest here in saying this, and I'll, we can get back to the messages. Um, and I, I talk about this because I think it's important for people to understand that everybody has been subject to someone's um, agenda, right? Um, yeah. it, for example, um, there is within Black community, there are Black people who question other Black people uh, in the sense of they're criminal, like uh, how, uh, if they're criminal or not. And I'm learning to shed this for myself because I, like everybody else, has grown up watching cops. I was a kid watching cops, which, by the way, I had no business watching cops. I don't know who let me watch it, but I should not have been watching it because it gave, it put an imprint on me that certain type of people that dress a certain kind of way must automatically be criminal. And any time that I would move and move, you know, wherever I would move to, and let's say I moved to a neighborhood that was just at the cusp of not necessarily being in the hood, but also not necessarily being in like the suburbs, but kind of like right in the middle. I used in my mind, what used to first come to me was, okay, I need to, I need to be watchful of my surroundings because I have been taught that people who look like me are also possibly my enemy. I have been taught that just by watching certain things like cops and other type of TV shows. I only can imagine what everybody else may be thinking who are not even a part of the community, right? I'm moving in different spaces where I'm, not, I'm seeing people who look like me and I have to wonder what is the, what, is there a crime here? Which is, yes, this is a, this is a, uh, an, a very embarrassing thing to have to, uh, to have to express and have to say out loud, but it has, but it has to be said. The truth has to be said. And when you have those things uh, facing you and you have those things where you're trying to grapple with that and trying to shake them out of your head because you know it's psychological, you know that someone implanted that uh, there by giving you imagery over and over and over and over again, it's not just us. It's all, it's y'all are going through the same thing too. Um, <laughs> the, another community is going through the same thing too. Another community is going through the same thing too based off of these stereotypes that have been perpetuated by someone who thought it'd be better for us to be fighting each other as Americans while also telling us to unify as Americans whenever it's necessary for us to go to war. And I, I just think that we need Amen. to pay attention. We have to pay attention and we have to dig into these things and tell the truth about them, no matter where we are. We also have to stop assuming bad faith of each other too. I mean, there's, there's, there's too often like <laughs> there is like this, like, you know, one side or the other. Um, but again, the, the divide is between the Republicans and the Democrats. People, someone said earlier on that it was like the far left versus the far right. And it's not, like, not really. <laughs> it's not really like that because the far left doesn't have a voice in this country. It doesn't have a base. It doesn't have funding. Yeah. Like, it's literally just the moderate liberals who, who actually benefit from, like, re regressive economic policies who – don't you know who want to do business with the regressive economically regressive republican party the only problem there is that they also have like bloodthirsty fascists in their ranks so it's it's not the, the dynamic that people have in their head is just not real <laughs> like it is it is it is a class-based thing it's not it's definitely not a a a uh, political spectrum thing like it, it 
the the left the far left in this country, but the left in general has very little actual political power. Well, it's a, it's Amen. a purposeful it's a purposeful misrepresentation of the left uh, to whip up fear in the voter base, right? Like that's what like you know you hear the term yep. socialist thrown around or communist thrown around, and like there there is a very small percentage of of the population that represents the true uh, communist or true socialist parties of America. You know what I mean? Like that's not represent, that's not represented in major mainstream politics as it stands right now. Right. And if you ask your average person, like, well, who's, who's a, you know, who, who is a figurehead on the extreme left? They'd hold up somebody like AOC, but you ask yeah. somebody like me or probably yourself included, or definitely Sebastian, if we think AOC is left, I'd be like, Oh God, no, she's a centrist. I mean, for sure. Yeah, 100%. She's just a regular person who has regular ideas. (laughs) Like, she, but like, we, yeah, we have these media narratives that like position her and position Nancy Pelosi, who is one of the most right wing people in the, in the Democratic Party, which hasn't always been true. But in the 21st century, yeah, she's, she's, she's pretty reactionary. (laughs) Like, her and Donald Trump, yeah, her and and Donald Trump have, have agreed on, on, on at least one thing. And that's their their disdain for for socialists. They both publicly came out and said, "America will never be a socialist country." So, right. there is th- these things. They are united. Uh, it's, it's like Looking Glass was saying. I mean, there there is the, the class dynamics here are the real motivating factor of of what drives um, the the cooperation between the de- Democrats and Republicans. Like the the Democrats. We'll, we'll have a lot of like rhetoric about fighting back, fighting, but what are they doing? Like we talked earlier in this, se- in, in this, in this whole session about, um, how long they had and how many promises they made to codify Roe v. Wade when they had all of the political power, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it because they agree with the Republicans on economic issues because they're both the representatives of the ruling class in this country, which is the billionaire class, the corporate class. Um, and everything else is it plays second fiddle to, to that dynamic. Well, isn't it Absolutely. possible that, that that they that what happens is that the Democrat the leadership of the Democrats or the Republicans is that they understand how effective their marketing has been towards their own constituents, right? Like, so it's almost like. Whatever the Republicans are effective at moving the needle to getting, uh, let's say, liberals or Democrats to uh, moderate, uh, uh, progressive Democrats to sort of, I, wouldn't, I guess I shouldn't say it that way. Um, I should say whenever, whatever information starts to pour out to the public and people start to listen and what they're listening to starts to have influence on them because Maybe there's a specific issue that is uh, there's a specific, uh, there's a message that is is attracting them based off of their specific uh, the issues that they care about. I think that the leadership they understand sort of that pawn game, and what they'll do is like for example, like during the election, every time I heard a progressive idea, like you said, I heard a Democrat saying, "Well, there are there are more moderate Democrats um, that will vote for us," so. We need to make sure that we placate to them more so than those who are progressive. And the truth is yeah. that 
you know, listen to what everybody wants. Let's just, if we were to just take away the progressive term or the conservative term or the liberal term or all these terms and just talk about the ideas alone, which nobody wants to do because doing that would mean that you would would probably get more people elected that will do them. And that means that they'll go, you know, these people go to Congress or to the Senate and do their jobs. And so I think that there's something to it that they understand that they're the, the, the two leaders that are fighting against each other, sort of, because um, as you said, they, they are sort of kind of in cahoots. But the, when they're supposedly fighting against each other, I think they understand that, that the people, the constituents, they're sort of fickle. And it depends on what is it that is uh, urgent and what they can use to dangle. So if a Republican is saying like, like for example, this is what happened to black people. They would say like Margaret Sanger is a, was a Democrat, and she's the one who created abortions, and she was trying to kill all of you. And it's like, well, they're talking about a time where it didn't matter if you were a Democrat or Republican before we had um, before we had the uh, civil rights movement um, or leading up to the civil rights movement. I want to say that was the, around the era. There was still this Dem- the Dixie Democrats and the the Republicans, and they still all had racism going through it all all together so when people try to say things like you know joe biden joe biden um uh you know he's he's a race he's more racist than trump is well we're talking about a country that always has always grappled with uh, grappled with this or a denied it or tried to pacify or move past it and so of course when it comes down to who has the power in terms of voting in terms of the numbers of people who will vote yeah, Nancy Pelosi is going to easily get on top of her podium or, you know, and say what she says because she understands that there's still influence. Uh, there's still ways to be influenced from our, from our own constituents. And that is why I think that it's important for people to start asking them questions like, wait a minute, we've already started moving, moving the needle, right? I don't know if you've all ever sat into one of these, like, I'm sure you have, but been in a stereo uh, listening or on a panel and you're listening to someone talk, and then every time they're talking about something, they go from, like, they move the needle, like, in little milliseconds. They're like, wait, 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 hold on. Stay on, wait, let's talk about that part. And they just keep going and going. And maybe I might be guilty of doing this sometimes, too, because I'm trying to get to one full point or getting around to the, the, you know, closing the circle. But some of the things are, like, they'll talk about uh, the conspiracy theory of, I don't know, lizard people. And then it goes from that to... um, uh, the they're listening to our cell the, through our cell phones, and then it goes to the next thing, which is they're the um the, there's the gay people are gonna populate uh, or populate the earth, and then it goes. And you're like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just wanted to agree with one thing with what you're saying is um that what you what you just said is a great uh, um argument for term limits to get these old people from that generation where racism was normal get them out of office clean we need to clean house what are like you're, you know the average retirement age is 65 or 70 what are we doing with 70 and 80 year old politicians you mean to tell me there isn't some kid with a master's degree that just got out of school that can't outthink them and run circles around them as far as legislation goes of course there is so it's keeping the status quo the status quo right yeah. You know, th- there is a there is a breakdown I saw recently of, of the uh, generational representations in, in Congress, and they are, by and large, uh, boomers, where in, in the past they've always been kind of representative of the, the, the up and coming age. Right. Like right now, millennials should be occupying 
federal offices, <laughs> but no, they, yeah. these are, these are things that are like, like, you know, just claimed positions. Uh, and this is because of funding, of course, because these people, yeah, they, they've, they've got addicted to money and now they're going to keep, you know, keep working for money. And instead of dealing with some like ambitious, you know, millennial socialist, <laughs> they'd rather just keep funding these you know, uh, these dinosaurs, essentially, these people who are going to literally have like five years left. Um, I don't Absolutely. know what's going to happen, what the world's going to look like in five years. I really, I, I could have told you that 10 years ago, like it's probably going to be the same as it was five years ago. But these days I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. Um, I'm just playing it by ear, but, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the representation by age is just absolutely broken in this country. We, we have, it's exactly, it's exactly like you guys are saying. It's, it's, it, it, and it hasn't been like this at any other time in, in, in American history. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say, going back to what Looking Glass was says. Uh, uh, it was, it, it, what you were describing, that, that kind of like, uh, information overload is literally the Alex Jones strategy of, of kind of marketing his ideas. It, it doesn't give you enough time to question whether or not something is even rational. It's just, let's move on to the next thing. I'm going to throw some, some facts that I, I got from some website, probably my own website. And, uh, we're going to talk about this now, you know, uh, and then we're going to talk about the, the very specific things about like demons and, you know, we'll talk about, uh, uh, a scene in a movie and then we'll talk about demons and we'll never give you a chance to actually process all this information to determine whether or not it's actually worth talking about. Mm -hmm. It's deceptive. Yeah. It's a very deceptive, uh, tactic. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm not going to lie. Um, that is part, that is a part of where we're going that I'm nervous about. And I'm telling on my child and I, I did not raise him to be this way, <laughs> but <laughs> I was talking to my 10 year old who loves to talk like my, my, like I do. And he said to me, uh, we, we got onto the top and I promise I'm not trying to veer in this conversation. So I just, I'm letting anybody who's in the audience know this is, I'm not trying to pull you or track you to talk about this. I'm just giving, using it as an example. Uh, Look, it's three o'clock in the morning. Anything goes. I know, <laughs> Have at you, it. You sometimes you open up <laughs> worms and I've been, I've done it before just trying to make it a point and that can worms talk, turn into like four hours of the same subject. And it, it's this specific thing. So my son was talking to me about, um, I don't know how the conversation came up and he was just like, well, it is, I mean, it, it's not impossible that the earth can't be flat. And I was like, okay, now son, hold on a minute now, wait a minute now, hold on a minute. Where, so like, how did this, where, where did, where, like, okay, well, let's, I, I was like speechless. I didn't know what to, where to ask him, where to begin. Cause I didn't want to insult him. I want him to be able to think for himself and I wanted to be able to challenge his own ideas and other ideas. And I don't know, to be honest, my children don't have a, I don't, I, I'm not a, a, a parent that buys my children's cell phones. My oldest daughter, who's 17, she has a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone until I was 16. So I don't believe in just giving a cell phone to my kids just because everybody else is doing it. So I started to try to think like, well, where did he get, like, where did he uh, get this idea from or this thought process from? And of course, YouTube is, he watches YouTube and he watches the game. Like most of these little, these little kids uh, watch gamers talk. And I don't know what they're talking about because I never really pay any mind to it because it's so annoying to me. And, but I, I, I thought for a moment, like, you know, I never ever had this type of conversation in my household 
But my child is having this idea to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic. You can't, be, there's nothing you can tell me or prove to me, mommy, that, you know, this is what it is because what if, and is it possible? And so I just, you know, I told him, well, you know, go do, do your own research. Like, let's go and ask those questions for yourself. But the fact that we have people that these type of things have already been settled, the science has already been there, and you have this new generation of children who are not even, all of them are not children. There's, our, there's your young adults, there's, there's adults, uh, older adults who are, um, are trying to have these type of discussions. And it's, to me, it's just another distraction. It's like that, that even having that debate means nothing. There, there's, we're not solving anything that's going to help resolve the fact that, uh, that we have a Supreme Court that's just trying to test how much power they have or something, I don't know. And so it, it, it's, it, it is a rabbit hole that is a dangerous rabbit hole because as you all, as you all have said, this is exactly why this, we're here where we're, where we're at with these culture wars. Um, and I don't know how we're going to get out of it, honestly, because I, as I said, I had this conversation with my son and that's such, just even knowing that he's thinking about that. I'm already saying, okay, well, how do I get him out of get, sitting in this distraction while also giving him balance for him to, on his own, be able to think through and, and research and arrive at what the truth is that's already been settled. <sighs> it's, you know, it's scary. The, the thing is, we, we were talking about looking looking at the, the origins of these things, uh, and and I, I will tell you in the immediate, the, the the motivation behind like the flat Earth conspiracy theory stuff, um, which I would consider part of a culture war. It's part of the culture war. Yes, uh, all this stuff, anti vax stuff, the, the flat Earth stuff, um, and all this stuff. By the way, eventually someone's going to tie it to the international Jewish conspiracy, which is nonsense but like it all every single time you, if you're in a conversation about any conspiracy theory eventually someone's gonna blame the jews it's it's nuts but that's the world we live in for whatever reason yeah. but um and to, just to clarify only, that's the that's the rothschild uh rockefeller conspiracy correct the Zion, yes the yes papers. The, the protocols of, yeah the, the protocols of the elders of zion which is which is some nonsense some anti-semites wrote up and then henry ford decided to make it popular by publishing it everywhere because he was the biggest anti-semite semite and inspired the nazis and other you know and even even today's conspiracy theorists um don't ever celebrate that dude he's awful but uh uh going back to what i was saying um but even the flat earth conspiracy guys the main motivation there it's not to be critical thinkers because that's how it kind of started. Everyone was talking about like critical, you know, this, this kind of started as a exercise in critical thinking. But the thing that drives it right now is purely money. They get speaking fees at these, these conventions that these flat earthers go, go to just like the UFO people, just like everyone else. There's an audience, there's a market, there's a demand for, for, for this stuff. People can't really digest. Like there's some people who just don't have the capacity or, or don't have the time to digest like scientific information. It's too wordy for them. It's it's too much for them to think about. It's simpler to just accept this outright lie, um, and it's it's just easier because it's something they can talk about. They don't feel alone. They don't feel like like uh, they have to have a degree in in uh, you know astrology or whatever <laughs> um, to to uh or astronomy i don't know 
sorry, astrology is a whole different thing. Um, they don't have to have like a scientific degree to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. So they can fully embrace this and just make up things on the way. They can, they can go ahead and just throw in little extra tidbits that they either, either heard from another uh, conspiracy theorist or things that they just made up themselves, <laughs> you know? And they might go on after they spent all their money buying books, buying tickets to conventions, uh, subscribing to Twitch channels or whatever else there's available to do. Uh, after they're, they've you know done all that, they might just decide to make a career out of themselves. I mean, the, the, uh, OKI, uh, 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 Oki Weird Stories, I think it's called, uh, did an investigation about this uh, uh, this guy who was like talking about uh, existing in an alternate reality, and people were like following him and buying shirts and seeing him at conventions. Like, I, I don't know what the, what exact what his exact like weird fantasy was, but the guy was promoting this as like a reality, and people were were buying into it. They were paying for like private sessions to talk with the guy. OKI himself uh, went ahead and paid for a private session and recorded it because he wanted to know what the hell was driving this guy. And what it came down to really literally was just, it was easy money. It was lucrative. And I'm not saying that that's the case for every conspiracy theory or every culture war issue, but even the CRT stuff, even the, the don't say gay bill, that kind of stuff exists because they want to privatize schools. They want to punish public schools. And there are people at the sidelines, whether they're religious leaders or just people who who have worked in education for so long and they want to make a business out of it. They want to be CEOs. It's the same thing with private prisons. But these people just want to make money off of things. And neoliberalism is the driving ideology of privatizing everything. And unfortunately, both parties are full of neoliberals. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Can we just Preach start, it, brother? Just start all over and just hit the reset button. <laughs> I think guess. about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that all the time. I just want to. I, I want to personally just restart my life over and <laughs> and just ge- geographically relocate. Like, not make you know, d- d- discourage my dad from moving to Florida <laughs> and just be you know, staying up in New York or something, or moving to the DR or, or anywhere. Anywhere else but here. Yeah. All right. Well, while we you know, reset, uh, uh, let's uh, well let's let's before we jump into yes. this anymore, let's get yeah. to some of these comments because they've been sitting yes. here for a little while. So, yeah. uh, hatred is hatred, and hatred needs to be healed. Okay, like a boomerang, what you put out comes back to you. When you put hatred out, it comes back to you. So you literally poison yourself when you hate others. And as far as race, I cannot handle the race we are is human. Here's the bigger point. We're all life that's not just human. Choose life or choose death, right? Just like choose war or choose peace. Good message. Uh, Zantia. Well, I just want to say good night, everybody. And everyone have a great 4th of July weekend. Much love, Zantia. Much love. Uh, Dim. Uh, this is a message for the looking glass. Now, I, I understand your, your sentiment and what you mean. The only criticism that I would have of it uh, relates to your uh, cutoff point, if you want to put it that way. Um, black suffrage in America did not 
end with the abolishment of slavery, you have to take into account the systemic government institutionalized racism in the form of Jim Crow that uh, took place in America after slavery and was alive and well in America up until the 1960s, which is very, very recent history. Oh, I'm I'm aware of that. I mean, I honestly, I feel like Jim Crow is still with us um, by way of the 13th Amendment. I mean, we still are imprisoned and we still work for someone when we get in prison and private prisons are even for black people. I've learned recently that black people are also putting stock into private prisons because as I've heard someone say recently that there will always be crime. And um, he did not ask the question, how do we solve the root of the crime, which is related to classism um, which is related to racism as a tool that, that is being used. So um, we're, we're still, we're not out of the woods with a lot of the old policies and laws that are still um, having an impact. And I, and I also make this argument too that, um, you know, white, white poor people have also been ignored uh, largely in this country, pro- probably as long as black people have been, being, um, been ignored too. Um, in this country have always been collateral to whenever there's been a targeting of black lives. Um, and I think I, someone had said, uh, I want to say that was in this talk, um, but, or I heard, I heard someone say something about, um, that, uh, we need to, um, they didn't say unify, um, but something along the lines that, um, uh, we need to, um, basically understand how, um, I don't know, it was plutocracy or uh, autocracy, one of the autocracies, uh, how it's been working in this country for such a long time. And I think the reason why we talk about black and white so often is because for the longest time, we've been subject, uh, poor white people um, and black people have been subject to um, this propaganda, as I was what I'll call it. Um, and I'll leave it at that messages i'm sorry i'll try not to jump in again no it's okay no that was directed at you so i think it's only fair that you have the opportunity to respond so uh anyway vin p train there is a quote i like from a movie of all things um some guy in the war is saying i'm just protecting my people and then you know someone says look around you these are your people oh there are companies out there you can find people that are starting to scrub your info but good luck all right Cassandra no I said it before misleading is still leading and that's exactly what these politicians do look it's I have to feed my family so I have to manipulate yours and that's a whole humans are the only life form in this universe that chooses to pay attention here. Like, this is so simple. But people have to collectively, universally get on the same page in order to do anything together. Peace. You said that like three times. Uh, let me Let me clarify something. We don't choose to pay to live on this earth. We're forced to pay to live on this earth. Well, uh, 
I'll, we'll finish out the messages. I wanted to add some sense to that. All right, let's go to Ben. My background is I live in West Texas my whole life, and I just painfully decided to abandon Western Christianity because everywhere I looked, no one cares what Jesus says or what Jesus did. It's just talking points to make your position in this world better than others. And they have the gall to say it's all about saving souls and preparing for the end times. No, it's about your mansion, about keeping your mansion. And I'm an anarchist now. Been sliding that way for a while. And I'm anarchist because I believe empowerment can't be found in organization. I think it comes from self-empowerment, not the toxic YouTube culture, but really being in control of your own life. There's a, um, my dinner with Andre, um, they talk about economic slavery. All right, one more comment here, and then we'll, we'll get back into the conversation. The Runs DMC. It's the juice fault. I, I hate orange juice. I hate grape juice. I, goddamn, I hate all the juices, man. I'll tell you what, they make me break out in hives. I just hate the juice. Hey, some people like it in the morning. I don't. I just, I just don't. I hate the juice. I'm just kidding, you guys. I will say the juice and the, uh, the juice. Now, uh, you guys are on a good show. Good to see you again, Mr. Dave. Sitting here trying to record music. Anyways, have a good show. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, the looking, uh, or glass, or actually, uh, sorry. Dave, I know I, I think you were saying something that cut you off uh, before I started playing those messages. Did you have something you wanted to add before I was just, looking? I was just agreeing. Amen, people. All right. Uh, looking Glass, did you uh, you you said you had something that you wanted to kind of jump into a little bit? Um, I can't remember the comment that was left because I was trying to. Um. I lost, I kind of lost my train of thought on it. Um, what? Do you, was it, uh, Cassandra maybe? Uh, Do you want not, me to play that message again? This one? No, I said it before. Misleading is still leading. And that's exactly what these politicians do. Look, it's, I have to feed my family, so I have to manipulate yours. And that's a whole. Humans are the only life form in this universe that chooses to pay attention here. Like, this is so simple. But people have to collectively, universally get on the same page in order to do anything together. Peace. Oh, yeah, okay, it was. Yeah, that's, thank you so much for, for playing. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I think that uh, one thing that I've been learning as of late, as I'm learning about uh, West African culture and trying to understand a little bit more about like what was happening before the Americas, um, as it, as it is meaning colonization and um, currency or or money uh, exchange of something has always been with us as a species. It's it's never been uh, whether it's us. Um, uh, taking from uh, the the, the um, like eating, getting food, you know, berries, fruits, whatever, um, the hunting. Um, we always still give back one way or the other. There's always an exchange. When we die, we become fertilizer in the ground, and it just continues a cycle. So um, all of that has value. And with human beings, we've learned to all to also put value 
um, on other things like cowrie shells used to be a form of currency before we had gold and um, we started using gold and silver and bronze and all this other stuff for us to value to make us a, 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 a form of, of currency. And so I don't think that it's so much a choice or it is a force that it is just such a this is just a natural way of us being able to trade um, exchange. Uh, exchange. Oh. <laughs> Sounding kind of rough there, uh, Dave. What's that? We're hearing a, a loud, booming uh, voice. Is it yours? No, that's strange. I just put my... Oh, there might have been something weird. I put my finger over the volume so that I could... Uh, I'm, I'm editing a podcast right now, so I needed to record one second of silence, and I put my thumb over my volume, so that might have been it. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, so I, I think that that's, like, it being there is something in being realistic about uh, our our existence and how we, um, um, you know, how we get along in life. I, I think that sometimes what happens... Um, and my husband's, I think he's guilty of this because he's, will be, he's a prescribed, he calls himself a hippie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm for it. Um, but there is a, there is a reality that there will always be people who want more. Um, there'll be people who are content with what they have and there'll be people who don't have. And, um, in the midst of that is us trying to figure out a way to have some balance. And there, I don't think there's ever going to be a, a world where, we don't have some kind of transaction or exchange of something. Um, I think right now what we're trying to address to a certain degree is what is what who who continues to perpetuate the greed um, that is taking from so many people, putting people in such desperate situations that it's making it easy for someone to use an agenda to use propaganda to continue to divide people by really silly, very silly things, silly things that turn into violent things. Um, or turn into violence, and 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 that's as I go back earlier in saying that if we understand our weaknesses, um, and we also understand that exchanging things don't have to be a negative thing, then we don't have these situations where people continue to keep leveraging those weaknesses and leveraging their what they have in a I guess you could say in abundance, whether it's by lying, stealing, killing, um, over us. Yeah, exactly. The barter system is still an exchange of goods and or goods or services, right? So if I'm good at building stuff and you're growing a bunch of tomatoes, I'll build you something and you give me some tomatoes. Mm-hmm. We just have to choose. We can choose that. We can choose to say I don't want to use current, uh, you know, physical do- dollars anymore. Um, this actually happened during the 2008 crash. You know, people were starting to. Uh, I'll mow your lawn and you do, I don't know, whatever, watch my kids or something like that. And no money transaction. It was just simply here. I'll do something for you. You do something for me. Um, and the millennial, you know, was it were, were sort of, that was sort of an emerging thing within millennials. And you see a lot of that sort of like sharing within like millennials, um, as a generation too. Um, so it's, it's there. It's just, you know, we go, we go back to green people. Some people want to be a part of the, the top 1% or top 2% or 5%, and they'll do anything to be a part of that. And those are people that we need to be able to get to a place where we're not fighting over things, that I, uh, fighting over resources that I think the world actually does provide us to have. I, I don't believe in scarcity. I don't believe that we don't have enough. 
I believe that that somebody's telling us that we don't have enough so that we can keep fighting over what they, you know, whatever scraps they keep telling us is there. Absolutely. And, and you know, just to chime in to what um, Cassandra said, you know, ultimately, I think a lot of us would like to, I call myself a short haired hippie that showers a lot um, and doesn't like the smell of patchouli <laughs> and doesn't <laughs> like the Grateful Dead. But anyway, um, I think a lot of us would like to live in a utopian society. You know, Burning Man exists kind of like that. There's even class structure at Burning Man. Some people show up in these baller RVs and other people have tents. So it exists everywhere. But, um, you know, this idea that we're the only, you know, animal that pays for housing. Well, yeah, we're the only animal that wears clothes, too, you know, and, you know. When I was younger, I might have liked to run around naked, but now I'm, nobody wants to see that. So, you know, it, but she acted like we could just flip a light switch and be there. And I think that's what we're doing with this conversation and conversations like this is helping people to try to think about alternative ways of being and how we got to where we are at this moment. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. Um, just to kind of tie everything up a little bit, because it is getting late. Um, yep. We can continue this conversation, but I might have to hop off at some point here soon. I'll to wrap up. Um, so, you know, given that, like, culture is so, um, it's so important, you know, into in to who a person is, you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's something that uh, people, ident- it, it's something that people hold so tightly and so dearly to them. Um, how do we start to to repair the divide that is occurring in America between all these different cultures and subsets of cultures. Um, how do we get to a point where, um, you know, it's not basically tearing apart our democracy? Personally, I think you go back to the origins, which is we're all Americans. Right. And, and and what does that mean to me? It means that we have the fundamental right to choose what we do as long as we're not hurting other people. And we allow other people that same exact right as long as it doesn't harm us. And if what you're doing doesn't harm me or affect me negatively, why should I care what you're doing? Right. That's the fundamental freedom that that this country was founded on, you know, that and religious persecution, you know, the founding fathers fled because they were being persecuted religiously. So how can religious people then persecute and demand, right? Did you see the irony and the hypocrisy there? So I think if we get back to our core values of what unites us all and lose the petty divisions, right? You be you, you do you. And I don't need to worry about that unless it's affecting me or my family, right? But has it ever really ever been like that, though? Right. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, you know I mean, like, I, I, that's what I'm that's like, I understand what you're saying. And I totally agree. Like, if we can get to that point, I think that'd be great. But like, that's the question. Then how do we get to that point? How do we get people to, uh, you know, start talking and being able to have conversations like like we are doing right now? And, uh, you know, what how do we get people to to open up to uh dialogue right like there are so many people on the the one side of the let's just use abortion for example right there's so many people on one side of the the argument that say oh you know well abortion is killing babies and i don't you know how do you convince somebody you know how do you convince somebody like that to uh sit down and have a a conversation with with you so that you know i would say it's just the simple fundamental right of of 
personal civil liberties and personal freedoms. You know, you can have all your feelings, but as soon as you start trying to tell somebody else how to live, then that's where it crosses the line, right? You can have your feelings and not agree with it. Fine, don't do it. Urge your partner not to do it. Fine. When it comes to me or my partner, please keep your mouth shut and please, you know, don't be throwing bombs at abortion clinics and don't be protesting in front because it's a horrific experience enough as it is. All right. Uh, Sebastian or the looking glass, I'll throw, uh, throw the same question out to you guys. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of, uh, you know, issues, uh, but what about some solutions? What What are some solutions that you guys uh, have? Uh, you go looking glass. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's sort of a basic. It, it all to me always is going to go back to people's character. And I think if we get to the root of character, then we get to the root of uh, people demanding to have uh, their views as being the more supreme view, and that and that cuts across anything that cuts across, uh, you know, women who maybe believe that men should all die, that, that that's a supreme way of thinking or a supremacy way of, way of thinking, or people that believe that if you believe in one a different religion that, you know, you'll need to die. That's religious supremacy. Like there's that, but um, getting to like the, the specifics of it, um, I think if we had more patience and understanding for not only ourselves, but for other people, then we could get to a place of being able to listen to each other more. I think if we resisted arrogance and ignorance and pride, which which stops us from listening to other people, um, and then even when we listen to other people, we don't have to take things that everybody says as like an attack or a threat um, that you know we that we're going to lose our own ability to think. That but we do need to be able to push uh, push back or walk away from when people are. When we see when we when we listen to the people uh, who have who sound like they are parroting propaganda, and so don't be dismissive of people who are parroting propaganda. Just listen to it and understand that that person is a person that has been used. They're they're not aware of their own weaknesses and they have been leveraged. And so now we have to be patient with them too, just like I'm asking for us to be patient with ourselves. And I think that's how. We solve it's inner, like that's something that we have to do on inside all the time. Um, oh, I was gonna say hello to Mrs. Uh, Smitty is joining us. Hello, does it sound better on my end now? I'm sorry about that. Hey there, lady. Hello, um, I'm not sure. Did you have? Uh, before I pass it off here to uh, Sebastian, uh, did you have, I don't know how long you've been listening, uh, but what, do you have any thoughts or did you hear any comments or something that were made that you? Uh, I have, I have like? many thoughts, many, many thoughts, but uh, nothing particularly jumps out at me right now. I have been listening for probably like uh, 40 minutes or an hour or something like that. But um, I'm also sort of preparing some information for an upcoming talk of mine. So um, I'll just hang back and I'll rest assured you'll hear from me when I have something to say. How about that? Fair, fair enough, Mrs. Smith. Okay, cool. Uh, Seb- Sebastian, what about you, brother? I don't think that in the uh, current like superstructure that there is a solution to this. I think we've gone too far <laughs> into this uh this new like i guess 
uh, age of misinformation, age of the culture war. Uh, I, I don't, I just don't see, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I think that this will be followed up with violence. I think it'll be, uh, like I said, a revolutionary situation. And I think, you know, uh, the, the right wing reactionaries, the, 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 these people who, for some reason, uh, really believe genuinely that they're going to win out on this. I think history has proven time and time again, we only ever move forward. Like when we move back, that's a temporary thing. We move forward and then we establish this new standard. And I think that's what's going to happen uh, eventually. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if this is something that's going to happen in five years or 50 years, but it's like we all have a basic understanding. The vast majority of us have a basic understanding that like a woman's right to choose, make healthcare choices uh, is a basic human right uh, on a global scale. But we we haven't made this a thing that is uh un, uncontestable and i think that's the next step whatever the new system is going to look like it's going to establish these basic norms that we're just going to uh accept or learn to accept going forward um but i just don't see i, I don't see us with with the 24-hour news cycle with uh with social media with um uh just the absolute insane rhetoric that we hear all the time constantly with the celebrity politicians with the um i mean all of it all all, all of this is is just I, there is no fixing this it's, this is over the system is just holding on by a thread and is using uh it's using like new like dynamics new new uh or rather they're old dynamics they're old dynamics but they're being revitalized in an extreme way uh to to keep people buying their brands of cigarettes basically yeah. <laughs> to use an analogy from earlier um i i think i think that things need to change fundamentally in our politics and i think the the thing the way things are structured now the way the rules are uh, advantage some people over other people those this thing is like all just really too top heavy. And these things uh, are, you know, it's, it's really hard to reverse things like citizens United. It's hard to contest that when you've just pumped money permanently through this, throughout the system, you've made politicians dependent on uh, billionaire donations. I, I just, I don't see them having a vested interest in reversing that. That's exactly why you see the same people from 40 years ago, are here today doing the same job in their, in their offices. It's, it's, it's not something that I don't think, I don't, I just don't think it's fixable by sitting down and having a conversation with someone who is way too deep into their, their beliefs. I think it will manifest in some kind of violence or some kind of tur like turbulent economic situation that will eventually lead to maybe general strikes or as the article suggested, possibly civil war. Um, yeah, it really feels like we're at a tipping point, doesn't it? Like, you know, we have Roe v. Wade, which is like the cornerstone of a lot of other legislation uh, that that is now at, at, at or, uh, you know, a lot of basic basic human rights that are that are now at risk because of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um you know where we go from here. I think is is really 
up to how open people are to um, being honest and open with themselves, right? Like, I think a lot of the, you know, more we want oh, you break Hogan breaking, breaking up? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was just me. I thought no. it was just me, hey. too. You're hoping uh, you're breaking up. Culture war with like CRT and stuff. I think we're seeing this. Be- oh no! <laughs> yeah, she's, oh. she's breaking up, Captain. You're she's in the making up. Talk. Oh, no. Reconnecting. Yeah, let him reconnect. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's oh, here he is. Sorry. You're back. That's okay. Uh, yes, he's back. He sounds great. Okay, awesome. All right. Um, oh, that's weird. It said another device was trying to connect. I'm gonna have to. What? Very strange. Um, it's very strange. Maybe I'm being hacked. I don't know. Speaking I of the CIA. I, I, what? Speaking of the CIA. But um. <laughs> um. You. Know, I. I don't even know where I was talking. I. I don't even know where I was at that point. I don't know where what was happening. Uh, what? Where was I? We you we just mentioned something about, about human race theory. Yeah. What what'd you say? I would just start from the beginning because you basically oh, started breaking up as soon as you mm-hmm. started talking. Oh no. Oh no. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well it's gone. Um sorry about that. Um No, I think uh I it feels like we're really at a at a, a uh we're really at the a tipping point now, right? It could go either way because we've seen, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade fall, which was, uh, you know, the anchor that that basically held up a lot of other um, legislation that protected that protects human right, basic human rights. Um, so where we go from here is is really is really up in the air. I I don't know. I I think. I, I, I hope it doesn't escalate to violence. I certainly hope that we can, uh, that uh, cooler heads would prevail and we can, you know, somehow figure out a way to get past all of this and at least talk, start talking about these issues and figuring out ways to come to some sort of solutions. Um, I believe a vast majority of people are good people, right? Like, I think... Um, I, I think given the fact that, you know... We uh, we have a a society that is for the most part uh, safe, right, and and law abiding. Um, I'm not saying that, but um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm I'm uh, I'm losing it here, guys. But uh, <laughs> and, and like just having to like repeat everything that I was, I was just saying. I was on a roll, and then I just sorry about that. Were you uh, I'm gonna... your eyes while you were talking? What? Were your eyes be, like closing while you were talking? A little bit. <laughs> I can <Uh-oh>. relate. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but you you were saying something about a tipping point. Um, I, that that is what the article was talking about too. Is that we're uh, there's a part of me that wants to believe that that's that will happen, but not everybody will be uh, involved in that. Just the people who want to 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 let the point tip. The people who want to um, engage in uh, 
um, violence with one another. Um, I think for the rest of the people who won't be engaging in the violence, that um, they'll will just be here to pick up whatever pieces are left to ho hopefully clean up and and get us on a track that makes sense for as many people as possible. Because right now, as you said, it, it, it this what we're doing right now is not sustainable. Um, and with all the um, what do you call it? Um, what are we in right now? The um, not the recession because they're not calling it that yet, but the um, what is it we're calling inflation? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's going to start exacerbating. I think that's probably what's going to tip it over is because people are going to start blaming people and they're going to let the politicians tell them who the enemy is, all this other nonsense, and not tell the truth. Which is, hey, last year everybody remember we were getting stimulus checks for like I don't know the whole year. Um, what did y'all think was going to happen after that? <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's, I think it's up to people who, am I having an echo? Is it me? Oh, uh-oh. I guess it got me. Yeah, I think so. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put myself back on mute here and, <laughs> oh, maybe it's okay now. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that for as, until it, until it gets bad or it gets to this worst part. I think we still do have to uh, challenge ourselves in these conversations. But I do think, I do challenge everyone that, you know, when we are talking to people who are triggering, um, and I have to do this myself sometimes too, um, is to try to find an angle that, that may, not, may not necessarily get, uh, reach them, but at least gives a perspective for other people to be able to to hear and to listen to or to read that is counter to what someone's saying so that it gives other people an opportunity to see that not everybody is ready to pull the trigger. Not everybody wants to fight. Um, many of us want to be able to work out the problems that we have. Um, but we just have to be careful to not let politicians continue to influence us to think that we really need to be fighting each other when we, when we don't. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess uh, I, you did kind of uh, remind me of something. I think, uh, you know, where we go from here is going to determine if, you know, if people can approach situations uh, with an open mind and being, you know, being willing to be humble and understand that we don't understand everything. Right. Like the only way that I can ever understand what it is to, to you know, be who you are and you know know your story is to sit down and listen to you yeah you know i mean and understand how you got to be the person you are and you know that's something that we we all you know we we look at change as something that we that that on this grand scale um that you know you know it, it seems overwhelming like we're never going to be able to do it right but i think when you look at you know, things from like, just, just on a, a smaller scale, like how you can affect change and, you know, uh, approaching situations, you know, where, you know, you're not always going to agree with somebody, right. And some, some people are going to piss you off. Um, but how you respond, I think is going to be really telling, right. Like, I think we, we oftentimes when we hear people that, that with views that can, you know, conflict with ours, uh, we tend to respond, you know, especially, uh, when it comes to things with like religion and stuff like that, we either tend to, uh, shut down the conversation or, um, you know, we, we tie our, th tie ourselves to, we anchor ourselves too closely to these things. And I think, um, 
it doesn't allow us to see things very clearly. And we tend to then, in our research, uh, search for things that, that confirm our biases rather than um, challenge our beliefs. Mm-hmm. And if we can get to a point in society where we can start looking at our looking at ourselves honestly, right? Like I, you look at, you know, I, I hesitate to, to blame media and all this because really, you know, if there is no buyer, right, in a capitalist in a, in a capitalist system, if there is no demand for something, they're not gonna they're not gonna make it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we weren't so, uh, you know, obsessed with with sensationalist journalism and stuff like that, like it wouldn't be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. The only reason it's a thing is because we we are we 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 crave it, right? We we mm-hmm. look for it, we seek it. Um, you know, so I think we need to hold ourselves accountable and just maybe, you know, not only as a society, but as individuals, we just need to hold ourselves better accountable uh, for what we're consuming, uh, you know, our own behaviors. And, uh, you know, I think if we can if we can break it down like that, I think if everybody focused on themselves and then, you know, at this, in, in turn, um, you know, focused more on uh showing the empathy and compassion that we want in the world, I think we will, you know, we can get there. I I don't know though. I don't know if that's realistic. It might just, that might be, that might be too idealistic. I don't know, uh, Sebastian, it it might just, it might head down the road you're talking about. And I hope, I hope it doesn't, but you know, who knows? Can I just put a silver lining in this is that we're, we are all like before, I don't know, there was a time when we were, none of us were being, would have been able to be in a, a, a room to, uh, together, of course, by way of our phones. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's promising. I, I've, I feel like being on stereo, talking to other people on stereo, almost, I don't, I don't get to travel, but it's a way for me to travel. It's a way for all of us to travel without having to, you know, get on a plane or get in our car or whatever. And so what's already promising to me is that we we're considered quote unquote regular people having conversations that many people are afraid to have or don't know how to have, but we're at least doing it in a way that I think will allow people who do listen or want to partake on learning how to be a part of that and doing it in a way that's respectful and that at the end, we might even change our minds. I almost, I actually uh, I get really excited when I go and I reflect and then I'm like, you know, I don't think like that. I don't believe what I believed maybe two weeks ago about what I thought, you know, what I had understood something before, which means that I feel good about the fact that I'm learning and I've allowed myself to be humble enough to learn, even if at, at first I might have been, you know, arrogant or maybe um, stubborn or maybe whatever. But at least I, we all put ourselves um, in in circumstances that's allowing us to be able to grow. So. Maybe it hasn't spread like a wildfire yet because, and I say this because I have not really been in other circles to hear how other people are talking about it. But, but I, this is a really great example to me of that hope and that promise that, yes, even if it gets to that point, as it has always gotten to this point, we've always had battles and war. We've always had that. But I feel good knowing that we're, we're putting ourselves in a position to be capable of being on the other side of it if it does happen and being able to talk through all of it as it is happening. So that to me is, um, is a silver lining. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree, and and that's kind of like that. That's really like uh, encouraging uh, to hear uh, because I I have the same sentiments. Like I think this just stereo alone, like is, is just a small. You know, it, it's it's a small part of like a bigger bigger picture, right? Like mm-hmm. this is like a you know it, it shows the fact that technology uh, can work. And it can bring people together and it can bring ideas and, and start movements. Um, but we need to learn how to use it responsibly. We need to learn how to uh, get back to thinking critically and not believing the first thing that we read on Google that we searched, right? Because t- that tends to be the thing that we're looking for, right? Um, you know, Technology is amazing, and, and I think too many people. You know, I think there there are some people uh, that that have uh, profited that that are that have commoditized it. You know, or com- uh, sorry, um, yeah, and uh, you know, are seeking to cause chaos and and conf- cause conflict to profit off of it because that's really what's what drives social media and stuff like that. It's competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we use it, um, you know, if we hold ourselves accountable and use it to to it's a you know fullest capacity right we haven't even touched uh we haven't even come close to scratching the surface of of what the of what the internet and technology is capable of um you know if we can get to that point where we can like you know learn to think critically and when we read something uh you know seek the truth don't don't seek uh what we what we're looking for like i think i think we can uh you know our society can press forward. I think, I think the internet holds the key. Mm-hmm. I do. I mm-hmm. think the internet and I think technology hold the key to advancing society, but we just need to develop the capabilities to use it uh, properly. It's mm-hmm. a tool, you know, like anything else. Um, sorry, I rambled a little bit there. Um, do we want to play these messages? Oh, sure. Here? Let's do it. All right. My Vox. Way we get everybody to the table. I want to say it's simple, and it probably is. There's this thing that I haven't thought of yet that convinces and shows everybody that, sure, we're black, white, we're Asian, we're uh, Hindu, we're fucking Muslim, we're Christian, we're whatever sub-fucking-labels and fuck-labels. We're humans first, and as soon as we all become one, we win. Like, it's really, it's that simple as soon as we all put down the labels and join forces knowing all our differences and thinking that's beautiful that's when we win yeah yeah go sit on a mountain and take some mushrooms people adults only of course (laughs) or sit on your couch or sit on your couch and take mushrooms i don't know about a mountain that might be a little dangerous for some people Um, oh, man. I was we are all one. Oh yeah, and we got to get rid of the negative shit. Like people are really ingrained with their. I like to call it what is itis. Um, we see how shitty today is, and <laughs> for lack of a better terminology, at this late at night, we see how shitty the day is, and we regurgitate the same shit tomorrow because we have what is itis we can only see what's happening right now like if we had your kids fucking imagination man 
instant manifestors. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. I I don't know when you said mountain. Sounds like he was might be on a mountainside. So sounds <laughs> like all he needs is all he needs is the mushroom now. So um, <laughs> anyway, let's get to uh, more mind box. The apocalypse, the golden age, whatever your people call it. <laughs> It doesn't happen on X day at X time. It's not marked on your calendar. It's when we come together as one, no labels, all the flaws. And, I mean, it's always been in the Constitution. It's the very first line. We the fucking people. Come on, people. Takes all of us. Mm -hmm. Mindful. You must be the change that you want to see in the world. Don't pay attention to what the world looks like. Be the change you want to see. And then people will be like, how do you get like that? How you got all this dope life and you you feel no anxiety? And mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, well, here, here you go. Mm-hmm. 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 That's speaking truth. Dropping truth bombs. Mindfuck. The first time I ever took acid, fuck, this was 30 years ago. (laughs) We sat and solved the world's problems, man. And if we would have had YouTube or cell phones, fuck. We would have remembered that shit and the world would be a different place. I'm still convinced of that today. (laughs) I think everybody should have to do acid once in their life. Under supervision, of course. I bet he didn't even hear my comment when he said that. I bet he's left that mo- comment before I said mine. Or at least, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have no comment on mushrooms or acid. I, I don't know what that's like. I've never done them ever. Just I to- have. I would disagree that uh, everyone should do acid, maybe mushrooms, but even that, not everyone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't this know if we're really... Did you end up only people with a really strong mental makeup? Because if you have a inclination for schizophrenia or something, it can throw you over the edge for sure. Yeah, if you're not in a good headspace, those are not fun things to do. Uh, but so, but Talk Hogan, it definitely shows you the interconnected web of of (laughs) the universe. I think how things work together. Like I had this epiphany that I am no better, no worse than a blade of grass or the ant crawling on that blade of grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some people, I, uh, I mean, like, I feel like you don't necessarily need hallucinogens to f- reach those conclusions. Truly. The Buddha, sh- or uh, the Dalai Lama shows us that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I listen, I, I like them. I, I enjoy doing them, uh, but I, I certainly can't can't recommend them for everybody because I've seen people having bad trips that pro- and, and do dumb things that they probably, you know, uh, I would, <laughs> I would endorse it for people who would like to experiment with it. I, uh, you know, just, you know, micro dose, start with that. That's always a good start. Right. There you go. Um, but yeah. And uh, using, using them in a spiritual, in, in with intention and in a spiritual way is way different than, than taking them in a partying type, um, uh, with that motivation, you know, intention. Well, God, is in the, God is in the mind, right? Yep. 
Well, you know, there is something to, um, if not, maybe not uh, mushrooms and not acid. When I hear, when I, when I, when I always heard the word acid, I always thought like acid, like acid, like, right. Like uh-huh. battery acid. Yeah. <laughs> like acid. Right. Why are you consuming acid? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like acid. Like that's what, just even like to me, it sounds like indigestion burning. Like I just like, I can't get past all that. So I just figure if I take it, not that it will do that. But it just, it gives me like, not good. But on the other side of it, um, I do think that there is something to um, um, people who, as I'll talk about, like not having inclination, like mental health in, um, inclinations to mental health is important knowing that. Um, I, I come from a family of people who have mental health. It's interesting for me because I had anxiety for a, a really long time. Still do. Um but I will be honest in saying that, like, finally giving into my husband's uh, lifestyle of smoking marijuana, um, it actually really did help me to, um, it allowed me to think about things slower than the fact that how fast my thoughts or I won't say my races, but um, I, I think a lot. I'm always thinking. It's always happening like, all the time. It's like, set that mind be quiet um but with smoking marijuana what it has allowed me to do it has allowed me to slow down a little bit so there was times i couldn't tolerate listening to people who like i mean i have called people i have if I, i'm not saying i dread this happening but i'm almost looking forward to like having conversations with people who say oh my gosh like i remember do you remember when you said this to me <laughs> do you remember how you said that <laughs> because i was so passionate about like this is wrong. And, uh, you know, you're, you're an idiot or, you know, whatever I would say to people because I just could not take it. Like, how could you just not know better? Like, why don't you know better? And I learned for myself that there's a lot of things that I didn't know better. And so what you all are talking about in terms of like being like self-reflective, sometimes, yes, a drug can do that, can do that for you. And for me, smoking marijuana has helped me to do that a little bit more. It has helped me to to become more spiritual, and I say more spiritual in the sense of like philosophical and thinking, and being more critical, critical, uh, critical thinking, and um, being open to listening to more people rather than listening to my own thoughts and, and my own my own voice and thinking that mine is the most valuable one in the room. So, like uh, marijuana for me, I know it sounds like that is it didn't do all that. Of course, I have conversations and I talk to people and I watch things and I read things and I, I I let myself really process uh, my mind outside of my mind like as if it was someone else's uh, as if I was watching someone else's life and then internalizing it as as my own so you know I sometimes I feel like the solution is that more you know more I don't know more conservatives more um extremes but maybe not all the the full not, maybe not the crazy like the extreme people that like believe in like killing people, but, um, to solve problems, but for people who are just like thinking about things in an extreme way, like ideas, like abortion, like, you know, just getting rid of abortion fully, it might help them to have a little bit of green in their lives, the micro dosing to just think about some shit, sit down, calm down, slow down, um, and go on a journey. When I think you touched on something really important there, the, the the belief that your voice is the most important one in the room. And I think it's something that 
uh, is pervasive, particularly on stereo. And I also appreciate so much about this platform. And I've, I've had so many great conversations here, but um, I've also particularly recently in the wake of some of these, uh, these monumental Supreme court decisions and things like that uh, have heard a lot of perspectives from people who behave as if their perspective is the only one that is correct or has value. And that this has been my struggle genuinely for the last couple of days or weeks. I'm not even sure um, that it's an unwillingness to sort of bend, to understand the nuance in a situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's been really frustrating. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think like you know when you when you go surfing through a uh, stereo and you just hear a, and you see like a panel full of men talking about women's reproductive rights. Uh, to me, that's a little bit off putting. And I don't want to say like you know men can't have an opinion. Of course, you can have an opinion, but like, come on now. Right. Like it's not your body that it's not your reproductive rights that are that are at stake. Like if you're going to sit here and have a a, 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 uh, a differing opinion, you know, at least have somebody on there that, that can offer uh, a defense of reproductive rights. And too many times I've passed. There's just like none of that. It's just a bunch of people talking about, you know, again, like like you were saying, uh, last, you know, thinking it, your voice is the most important one in the room when you should be listening to women when it comes to uh, women's reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, it's, it's interesting because the article did talk about like this idea of like extinction. So I think for some of these people, they feel like allowing for other people's ideas is going to make their ideas extinct, which is going to happen. Yeah. Um, at some point, because <laughs> if your idea is, is so narrow, that it actually doesn't lend itself to be a benefit to everybody. Eventually it is going to die out and you can fight, fight and fight and all you want. Right. But people are going to start recognizing that your, you know, person who believes that their idea uh, as harmful and as disrespectful and as whatever it is, all the negative terms you can use to describe it. Eventually people will decide that that that's not, they don't want to feel like whatever that is. Um, it, it'll get tiring. It'll it'll get exhausting. It'll get to a point where um, it, it just won't. It just it won't. It won't. It won't breathe. It won't live anymore. And I'm looking forward to that. Like I'm so looking forward. I can't wait for that to happen. Where it just the idea just dies because it just it doesn't. It can't be sustained anymore. There's only but for so long that you can rely on somebody's fear, anger, rage before that is no longer like a, a, a sort sort of like a curse. And um, this is why I was saying like earlier, like I think that when we hear people parroting propaganda, like we could listen to them, what they're saying, but we don't even have to pay it any mind. And that will allow it to die because we're just not paying it any mind. And, and that those people who are stuck in that and feel like they're like really dogmatic and they're like purists and like there's no other you know idea other than my own. Um, th- those people have like a high level of ego that no none of us can do anything about and the only way for us to um maybe do something well i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say we can't do anything about it um it won't feel like we can do anything about it but it's no different than like a trump right like if if people just did not listen to him if he had no audience if no one came to show up 
that would definitely end up killing whatever ideas. Now I say killing, I don't mean it being a, in a violent way or physical way. I'm just saying that the idea of, of, or the, the, um, the uh, encouragement to keep speaking and parroting and saying these things over and over again to try to kind of grab people or, or more people in, it, it'll just go away. Um, and, and we have a choice to, to do, you know, to, to, to make that happen. Um, but then there's that weird thing of people's, you know, if you do that, then do you truly drown out uh, people's voices? But there's a real freedom of speech. And I think we have to be careful of that. I think that's also manipulative when people say things like, you know, um, you have to listen to people who say even like horrific things like they have a they have there's a room for them, too. And it's like, OK, for a second. And then we all just keep on walking the other way and leave them there to look at their shoes. And there we go. Um, I like it. So I'm looking at their shoes. Like unless that. I'm going to run these comments and then uh, anybody else would like to say anything, um, please. And if you guys would like to continue this conversation, absolutely uh, feel free. Um, I'm probably going to hop off here because it's almost four o'clock in the morning. So yeah. uh, I'm going to I'm going to run these messages here. Here's uh, John. Hey, Smitty. My account uh, got messed up. Just letting you know, it's me, John. So, what's up, John? All right, mind fog. I don't want to shift the conversation to tripping, but every single time that I've heard somebody have a bad trip, and you can't see my air quotes, it's because of their atmosphere. It's because of the fuckers they were around that they really didn't trust, or whatever the situation might be. Um, that's why I said chaperone. I guess chaperone was a bad terminology. Uh, let's say shaman. Because I believe that when you come out of that, if you don't have a bad trip, you're going to be like, dude, the world, like, until I was 35, I knew everything. And not everything, but you knew how the world works, right? And then you wake up one day and you're like, fuck, that's not true at all. What else isn't true? And you, uh, man, I, the the rabbit hole is deep as fuck today. Benny Boo. Yeah, I had uh, acid the other day. Ugh. I got takeout from uh, Chipotle. Oh no. Oof. That wasn't fun. I don't know why anybody talks about acid. God, not a good time. Probably not combined with Chipotle. Uh, mine, Fox. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing? Um, I wanted to chime in on your use of cannabis. Um, marijuana is not real. It's like calling poop shit. It's a slang term. Anyways, that aside, I've been self-medicating for hmm, 35-ish years. I'm not going any higher than that, y'all. You know I'm old. But I'm just saying, I stopped using cannabis so much, and pharmaceuticals were given to me, and I took myself off of pharmaceuticals and re-upped my cannabis game, and I have a clear mind, and I don't hate as many people. I don't hate my life. I, I, I It changed my world, and... Cannabis is not the 
what do they call it? The gateway drug? It is not the gateway drug. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm glad we've moved past that notion of pot as being a stepping stone to, you know, quote unquote, like harder drugs and things like that. Yes. Graduation. Absolutely. Yeah, if any if anything, alcohol is the gateway drug, right? I would agree with that. Say that again in the back for the people in the back. And the people who make it. Yeah, I agree. Uh The best thing that we could do is practice being curious instead in place of judgmentalness. Be curious, not judgmental. Um, the difference is, I, it, there's a bunch of different terms that I still say to myself. It's not my circus, not my monkeys. Back away. <laughs> I mean, but there's, uh, and don't make their problems your problems. There's a bunch of terms for it. Um, but everybody, as soon as you see everybody as a reflection of yourself, like everybody that I'm talking to right now, everybody that can hear us, they're all us. They're all me. They're all you. We're all the same person. That's deep as fuck. We just that's, look a, that's another show topic right there. <laughs> And we all come together, come together right now over me. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That was not the end um, Like I said, I, I'm I'm not saying that this, this can't continue. I do not want to be that person. I this is an open platform, obviously I don't care. Uh, you know, I always trust, uh, any, you know, anybody up here, I'd trust to take the reins of this. If somebody wants to continue this conversation, if not, uh, we can sign off. That's up to you guys. I will leave that up to you folks. I'm going to just say, we're thank not you. doing the music suggestion portion. I, you, you can, I, I certainly, you guys can do that. I just, I'm exhausted. Uh, it is now four o'clock. So I gotta, I gotta hop. Yeah, I've dozed off on you like twelve times already. Yeah, I'm tired too. <laughs> yeah. Well, much love, everybody. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you very much for having me up. Yes. And um, I admire all you people. And um, if we can just, if more people can have calm conversations like this, even if you disagree with somebody, just be respectful, right? Do unto others. Yeah. Let's all at least be that religious where we can treat people with kindness, loving kindness. Right. Yeah. Down for that. Yeah, yes. take the good stuff, leave the bad stuff. Just like a buffet. I prefer that kind of uh religion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not religious at all, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm nor am I, but Anyway, uh, guys, thank you for listening in. Uh, I don't know what's happening after this, but I will be signing off. I think uh, it seems like other people will be signing off as well. Yeah, uh, I will sign off. Yeah. Thank you so much right. for letting me come up for the tail end of this. I wish I could have been here earlier, but I appreciate you're, it. You're, you're awesome. It's the Looking Glass. You are awesome. Uh, Sebastian, you are awesome. Another thing. And another thing with Dave, you got, you're awesome as well. Uh, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. And uh, I respect all of you greatly and thank you guys for, you know, taking the time out of your schedules to uh, hang out with uh, me. Sure. Thank, you, thank, you thank you all for having me. You all have a good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a great night. 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.